happy Monday, happy Monday, happy Monday, everybody. Um, this is Kiara Gladney, and I am your host for uh, Mask Off the Charity Movement podcast. I am so excited for um, just another episode. I'm so happy um, that people are listening. I'm so happy that people are taking things from these videos and the podcast and are applying it to their lives or at least taking it and sharing it with someone else who may need it. So let me first say thank you. Okay. Thank you for being on this ride with me. Thank you for helping me learn every single video, going back, looking at it, seeing how I can improve because we are so much better together okay let's just remember that we are so much better together okay so um this topic for today came because i have been seeing a lot on social media let's just talk about it you guys come in the room come in the room okay i uh, have been looking on social media about something for those mommies or daddies or parents grandparents aunts uncles whatnot um there was a report on the news as well as on the web, in the newspapers, everything about a formula recall, right? And not just formula recall at this point, it's baby food, baby snacks, infant stuff, like everything that has to do with food. Some of those things are being recalled now uh, from a specifically a Sturgis plant in Michigan. And it is for Similac and some other companies that have infant formula uh, because several children, several infants have been hospitalized for uh, just some sickness that they've been having from the formula. And so they have recalled so many different types of formulas. And I've been seeing so many of my friends that use formula. And I've even used formula at the beginning with uh, Kenny because my milk wasn't coming in as fast as he was wanting it to. And I had to supplement a little bit with formula for a while until my milk started coming in regularly. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people on social media really frantic, like really frantic because that's a lot of milk now having to be thrown away and you having to figure out what you were going to do, especially for those women who are on WIC, who, you know, are only able to access Similac, which is what the um, recall was for, one of the companies that the recall was for. So along with everybody that I saw that was frantic, I saw so many women and so many people shaming a lot of moms for using formula because their excuse was, well, you know, breast milk is the best milk, right? And though we know that breast milk is healthier and, you know, statistically we see a lot of, a lot of benefits with what breast milk can do for a baby and things of that nature, that is not to negate the fact that there are some healthy um, infant formulas that are offered to our babies. And for those moms who are not able to produce milk or keep breastfeeding because of whatever the case may be, uh, we don't have the capacity or the right to tell these moms that they are not doing a good job and they're not doing the best that they can. So today's episode is simply no mommy shaming here, okay? We have so many things counted against us and as minorities and as African-Americans, it's Black History Month. We're not shaming nobody this whole time, okay? Just try. Make it a habit not to shame anybody for the rest of the month and then try March, April, May, June. You know, it's a habit that people have to always hurt people 
because of things that we may not necessarily agree with. Now, there is a way to disagree, but there is no reason to shame somebody for something, you know, for the reason of just being a mom. And women and moms and dads already go through so much pressure of just being parents, trying to do the best we can and be the best we can. And sometimes we falter. Sometimes we already have a hard time ourselves and it's not right at all to make those people or those parents feel worse. So, um, so with that, some lack story, the, the first point I'm making about mommy shaming is the conversation of breastfeeding versus bottle feeding. Okay. Or formula feeding. And there is, there are so many statistics that talk about how African-American women and minority women are on the decrease or the lower range of breastfeeding mothers. And it says how even like 95% of Asian infants are breastfed. 85% of Caucasian infants are breastfed. Um, I think 85 or, or 85% point zero percent of hispanic infants are breastfed and so it's to show you that we are significantly lower in our decision to breastfeed our children and even continuing after we start and so i started researching like what are the reasons why a lot of african-american mothers do not continue to breastfeed and there are a few okay there are a few reasons that are legitimate um, and any reason is legitimate for you to say that you don't want to breastfeed if that's that's not what you want to do. Uh, one of those is time restraints. So for a lot of moms that have multiples, I have an a toddler and an infant, it is very hard trying to keep up with an infant that is very, um, very, very active as well as breastfeeding my child. Um, I'm an, I am an exclusive pumper. So I have been pumping for almost four months. And I find that that is better for my mental, emotional, and physical health. So that is what I do. And it is hard. It is so hard to find time to sit and pump and then to distribute that milk. And then whenever I'm done distributing that milk to freeze that milk when it's extra, it is such a hard process to keep up with, even with the help of my husband that does like the freezing of our milk and rotation and all of that. He does it so well, but it's still very, very hard because I still have a toddler that I am keeping up with and an infant that is sitting right beside me while, I, while I'm pumping during the day. Um, and then the second struggle is workplace barriers, because a lot of workplaces do not have areas that are adequate for you to even pump for your baby to have milk later on. You know, they may not have electrical outlets. They may not have a separate room that is away from everybody. I've had situations where I've been in places that I've had to pump in a public bathroom while people were looking at me pump. Like it is it is pretty embarrassing to not have a place especially in in places like churches and workplaces where you do not have a separate place where you can go and pump to make sure that your baby has the milk that they need another barrier is age for some women when they get to a certain age or um or they have children at a certain age they are unable to produce the amount of milk that is you know needed to make sure that baby gets to whatever your breast milk 
um, goal is. For some women, it's six months. For some women, it's a year. For some women, it's more. Or it's however long you still have the supply. Sometimes you just don't produce the supply. And that is nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. That's just how things work sometimes. And we have to be okay with that. And we, as parents, have to be flexible. That is the thing that a lot of people don't understand. You have to be flexible. And I remember with um, with Titus, when I when I had Titus, I really was really particular about making sure that I breastfeed, even though my mom never breastfed any of us. My, my siblings and I were never breastfed. My sister breastfed her children for um, maybe six months. And I was like the first one that was like, I'm going to go a year. Like, I'm going to do it. I don't care what it takes. And I... Uh, breastfed for two months and then I had to start pumping because I just could not take it I could not take always my body always being on demand for someone else I just could not do it and also my baby he just wasn't latching as efficiently as possible and he was getting very upset and emotionally it was just not going well for me so I was like oh I could just pump it's a lot easier for me to make sure that I am not going you know into an anxious state of mind and the baby's also getting everything that he needs so let's talk about the health barriers of breastfeeding versus uh, formula feeding so for the health barriers for mothers for breastfeeding is sometimes depending on Things that happen to our bodies, such as especially during this time of year, the flu or, you know, getting pneumonia or even having COVID, depending on the medicines that you are prescribed, sometimes it could seep into your milk supply, right? And sometimes you have to like pump and dump, which then makes it impossible for you to give that milk to your baby. And for some health, you know, situations, women are unable to continue to breastfeed. We have to understand that social media is a glimpse into the life of the person that you follow or that you're friends with. You don't know the behind the scenes reason why people decide to breastfeed or not breastfeed. You do not know the reason or the situation that has led them to the conclusion that they want to um, have formula. The reality is, other than having assistance to pay for formula, Formula is very expensive. A can of formula, I heard, could range you between $32 to $40. Do you think that the mommies that I know and the fathers that I know couldn't be spending that money somewhere else? I think we just need to be a lot more considerate of people, especially when you talk about their kids and how they treat their kids and how they function as a parent. That is a very sensitive route. And I really want us to be mindful of what we say, especially to moms, because we are very, 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 very sensitive when it comes to our children and if we're doing a good job, because that is always what we want to do. So before I end this number one with uh, breastfeeding versus formula feeding, as long as your baby is getting everything that he or she needs, you are doing a great job. Whether you are breastfeeding or you are exclusively pumping, like my exclusive, you know, pumpers out there, or <laughs> or you are, you know, making that baby formula. Like I said, I had to give Kendrick formula. And at one point I was like, oh no, I'm not gonna do that because I want to breastfeed. That's my thing. That's my thing. But when my body was not producing enough milk, even a nurse came to me and was like, it's okay if you supplement for a little bit, but it's your choice. And I did, and I had to. I had to really rebuke that guilt because as long as 
my son is getting the food that he needs and he's healthy and he's full and he's happy. That is all I need to be worried about. I do not need to be concerned about what I think about the situation. I don't need to be concerned about what other people think because it's not about me or that person. It's about our baby, right? And as long as they're happy and healthy, that's all that matters, right? Right. Okay. The second topic is stay-at-home moms versus work bosses, okay? So, whew, so story time. So for my first child, I quit my job. <laughs> I quit my job because I was coming back initially. I was coming back, but then once I started looking at life and all of our respons- all of my responsibilities as a mother and my husband going back to work after his time of leave and doing everything that I do on a daily basis with our infant at the time with Titus, I decided to quit my job. And I always say that is something that I don't regret because of my baby. Like I would never regret doing anything for him, but I definitely regret it for myself because mentally it made me feel so isolated. And like, I didn't have any other thing to do other than just be at home and be a mom. Like I didn't have any motivation to do anything other than be a mom. And I was finishing my master's. So it was just a lot. It was a lot of guilt for me, especially not working um, because I just I just wanted to be known for something other than, you know, cleaning up, spit up and pumping and feeding and all of that. I just wanted to go back to working for some reason. I just it, it just was it was just a a type of void there that I had to realize and admit and not feel guilty for because what did I go to school and get those degrees for what did I stay and intern at companies for what did I you know make a spot in a space in terms of education and aligning myself in success what did I do if I wasn't going to use those things to make myself better and my family better And I had to really start, you know, talking to God, asking him where it was coming from. And after 18 months, God opened a door where I, you know, got a job position in the same company that I worked for, just on a different floor. And, you know, the Lord was just really showing me that he was taking me away to really show me some things about myself. And that when I was ready, he was reintroducing me back into learning how to balance work and life and baby and husband and house, you know, and, you know, I received some criticism because I went back to work. And then with um, Kenny, I went back to work after about three months. Yeah. So I went back to work maybe two weeks ago. And so far it's been great for me. I have enjoyed being back at work and all the things that that has to offer. And I received criticism for that because, oh, yeah, well, you gave Titus 18 months of not going back to work. And then, you know, with Kenny, you give him three months. But the difference is it's post kind of in COVID. So, you know, I can work from home most of the time. So I don't have to expose myself or my baby of all the things that's happening around us. And I have a village of support to where I don't have to just wonder where is my baby going to go while I'm working. I have a very understanding and flexible company. Now we have companies that are becoming a lot more flexible with children. And they are doing an initiative where they say bring your whole self to work, which means that you don't have to, you know, distinctively separate yourself from who you are and your family and your responsibilities they understand they appease you as long as you get your work done and you're always able to communicate for most for most companies you're good and I had to learn 
that what works for the gladness may not work for everybody else. I went to school. I went and got my master's. I know what I want to do in my community. And that is what I'm doing. My husband and I agree. My husband is is very supportive and is adamant and making sure that I am whole. I am mentally, spiritually, emotionally whole. And if I do need help, I say it. And that is that works for us. And we have to stop because we don't know. Okay. The cost of living is high. So where for most households, you need two people to be working, okay? And once you have an infant, everything goes up. You got diapers, you got formula, you got bottles, you got all this stuff that your baby gonna need. You got when teething season comes, then you gotta buy teething stuff. When potty training stuff comes, then you gotta buy potty training stuff. If the baby's growing too fast, you gotta buy new shoes. Then when the baby start walking, you gotta get them walking shoes. Then, you know, every event, you gotta get them a new something. It's just a lot. Kids are expensive. Can we just talk about it? They're expensive. They are not cheap. They are expensive all the time. Okay. Then when they get two and three, now nah, they, they think you got McDonald's money. Okay. <laughs> so you need to work. <laughs> but at the same time, I also um, got a lot of criticism working. I mean, you know, working at home as a stay at home mom. It's very hard because then people are like, you know, well, you know, you're you're at home all day. Like you probably got a nap, you probably got rest. No, when you're a stay-at-home mom, for most of the time, you are doing something all day, whether it's folding clothes or attending to the baby all day, changing all the diapers, warming up all the bottles, feeding the baby. Then you gotta pump. Then you gotta find time to shower. Then you gotta find time to put them down without them crying. Oh my goodness, it is a lot. And I understand that because now I've been on both sides of the fences and I wanna tell you, you are amazing. Let me just stop right there. You are amazing. You are amazing that you are keeping yourself up. You are amazing that you're taking a shower today. That is an achievement. If you moisturize your face and put some moisturizer on after you washed it, you are amazing. If you got the spit out your hair today, you are amazing. If you got those babies up and made them breakfast and you fed your baby and your babies are warm, they are full, they are clean, you are amazing. Whether you are a stay-at-home mom or you are working out there, you are amazing. And I also had to realize this. When I got my degree, while I had Titus, it was such a huge achievement for me because I wanted to show Titus. And I have pictures. I I wanted to show Titus and I wanted to show Kendrick that having a child was no excuse for being stagnant. Okay? There are times that you need to rest. There are times that you need to dial it back and it needs to be some you time and some God time for you to get to God and you talk to him and you give him all of your worries and your cares so that you can come back with a vision and some direction and some patience and temperance and all of those things. But you cannot be stagnant and you cannot make that a continuous excuse. And I only say excuse because that's what I was doing. I was making me being a mother and me being a wife and now a mother of two. I started to make that an excuse why I could not do what God called me to do. Okay. But we won't get there because there's some other interviews that we're going to have later this season that, you know, we're going to talk about that. But anyway, what I'm saying is that whether you are a worker, a work boss mom, or whether you are a stay-at-home mom, nothing is wrong. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Let's talk about another thing. Let's talk about daycare. 
because I saw some shaming, okay, recently about women who decide to put their children in daycare and all the things that could happen versus being at home with your baby and doing all of that. Um, so there are always cases of bad daycares or daycares that are doing illegal things. Uh, but a lot of daycares are good. The daycare that Bernard Titus goes to is an apostolic daycare and they love Titus. Titus loves them. And Titus is very honest. And, you know, I, I truly pray over our children and I truly believe that God is a keeper and I truly believe that he will protect them. And if I have the discernment to say Titus is not going to school today for whatever reason, um, that's that's just what the Lord shows me or tells me. And, you know, I, I truly believe that mothers and fathers would not intentionally at all ever try to put their kids in harm's way. Uh, so I really want us to be mindful of that hard decision that some mom and dads have to make of putting their children in daycare. Because, again, no parent, in my opinion, would say, you know what? Let me just throw my, my kids in this this random daycare. I don't care what they got going on. Like, I don't care what's going on over there. No, we love our children. We want the best for our children. And we want them to have the best and experience the best. Even if that means we have to go back to work so that we can give them our best. Okay, that's all I got to say about that. Okay, so let's talk about our next point. Time away versus always staying. Okay, so every person needs time by themselves to be able to write, to be able to pray, to be able to really commune with the Lord, to be able to just be alone with your thoughts, with your mind, having responsibility over just yourself, right? Every person needs that time, even if they are a parent and even more so if they're a parent, because with our bodies, for the most part, for moms, our bodies do not belong to us. For those of us that do breastfeed or the, even those those that infant, you know, have infant formula and they feed their babies, your body does not belong to you. From the time that child wakes up, they think you belong to them. Your time is their time. It doesn't matter if you have a call. It doesn't matter if you have a meeting. It doesn't matter if you want to go shower. It doesn't matter if you haven't had anything to eat. It doesn't matter if you're thirsty and you're about to faint from dehydration. They want what they want. And for most times, we give it to them because we want to make sure that they're okay. That shouldn't happen all the time because we need time to ourselves. You need to be able to go out to dinner by yourself or with somebody that, you know, is going to take that pressure off of you. You need some time where you can go and sleep uninterrupted. You need some time where you can go by yourself and pray, even if it's in your car going for a drive where you could just pray and look look around you, look at the world that God has made for you to see and just get back home and be refreshed. Sometimes you just need that. Go take a coffee break by yourself and come back um, because those are things that revamp us and replenish us so that we can come back and even and be even better. We can have more patience. We can have more temperance. And I was listening to a video from a pastor and he talked about how he started driving a motorcycle and how he saw that when he went on his motorcycle and he came back, he was a lot more patient with his children. He was a lot less, um, you know, distant from them. He wanted to be included. He wanted to play. He wanted to, you know, do more things with them because he 
didn't feel a lot of pressure and it had it, it could have had nothing to do with them just some of the pressures of life once you get all of that out of your head and you allow God to be your peace and you feel peace around you 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 do better you you treat people better you know you experience um life better and so i i want to encourage every person to know that you need that alone time and if you need a babysitter you know make sure it's somebody that you trust you know if you want to go somewhere get somebody that you trust and you go your children will understand trust me they will understand that you need some time away because even when i look at my three-year-old now he needs time away sometimes and i'm okay with that it's healthy and your baby will thank you because you'll come back replenished and happy and exhilarated and ready to parent the way you know you always wanted to okay so uh, this next one is old school versus new school okay so we have so many people that i love my parents are old school parents and especially with them when i told them that i was breastfeeding oh at first, my parents were like, oh, my goodness, that baby's not going to get enough milk. Oh, my goodness, that baby's going to be hungry. If that baby's three weeks, you need to put some cereal in that bottle. And I'm not against cereal, but I'm just telling what they said. My parents were going in until they start seeing my baby and they start seeing him progress and they start seeing that he was getting enough milk and they start seeing that I was producing more than enough milk. So then they were like, oh, oh, girl, you saving money. Like, you doing what you doing and now you know they don't even think anything of it because they're like oh yeah she about to go pump or my dad even says it like oh yeah she about to just she going upstairs oh she about to go pump all right girl see you in about 20 30 minutes because they understand that it's, it's really not new school if you think about it like breastfeeding has been there since you know since forever and so um it's just new because we're we're publicly talking about it and so you know it's okay you know, some of those old remedies, like, you know, chewing up your food and giving it to your child. Eh. <laughs> but I'm not going to knock it for the people that did it. But no, I'm not doing that. And it just, you have to go back to the fact of you have to do what's comfortable for you. You have to do what's comfortable for your house and your, your family. You have to do what's best for your child because every child is different. Their allergies are different. The things that they can eat and not eat are different. And we have to be wise about what we hear and what we do. And everything is not good for everybody, right? We have to remember that. And there's nothing against older people and their philosophy of parenting. And now, of course, we have things called gentle parenting, which is like a new school type of term. And I am trying to do that. Uh, we'll talk about that at a later episode. But it's it's just all about doing what is comfortable and, and convenient for you. What is going to make your house as smooth and as positive as you can, okay? Another area that I want to talk about is the objective of cleaning in your house, okay? So after I had Titus, I decided to get a house cleaner every now and then because life was so hectic and I was doing so many things. And for those who've ever visited my house or know anything, I have a, I have a, pretty, a pretty big house. And so there are rooms everywhere and things that I have to clean, multiple bathrooms, and I want to clean the way I want to clean. But because I have Titus and Kenny, either I stay up at night and do it or I do it throughout the day if I'm working from home, like during a lunch break or something. But it's, it's very difficult to get through everything that I have to do in a day. Um, and so to not 
make me so frustrated and worried and things like that. I started getting a cleaner because I wanted our house to be clean. I wanted to be able to devote my time to really being involved in our kids' life. Um, and not have to worry about like, okay, well, Titus, you can't talk to me for 30 minutes because I have to do this or that. I just wanted to be there and be present more. And so far, it has worked out for me. Now, um, for other people, maybe it's not what you want. But for me, it was it was good. It was what I thought would make our household run a lot smoother, especially if the cleaners come early in the day or while the kids are gone from the house for a few hours. And when they get back, it's all done. I'm only saying that because it is it has helped my mental my mental health extensively. It has helped so much because once I look at clutter, it starts to make me anxious. It makes me feel like the world is closing in on me. And so once I identified that that was an issue, um, now I know how to address it. But then it goes to my next point of do we go to therapy or do we not? OK, uh, because once I started going to therapy, I started realizing that clutter is a an equivalent of chaos to me and so if I feel cluttered eventually I start feeling chaotic like I can't think I can't be productive I can't be creative because I feel like my mind is just cluttered it's compact and as a result I started being like okay well I'm gonna make sure this stuff is clean I'm gonna make sure I'm in a clean space I'm gonna make sure that I'm in a productive space so that I can be productive right and I want to let every person know that postpartum depression is a real thing, okay? After you have children, you may not even realize it, but it'll come through small triggers like um, being anxious or always feeling like you're left out or isolating yourself or always being defensive when somebody talks about you being a mother, anything like that. Like it will come through so many different areas and you have to be so discerning of what is going on with you and in you and around you so that you can tell when something is off. And once you tell that something is off, you have to do something about it. You really, really do. Because if you allow it to last and to linger, those feelings that will get stronger and stronger and stronger. And then you'll have blow ups or you have meltdowns. And we don't want that. We want to be we want to be healthy. Right. That's God's will for us is to prosper. Right. And to get to an expected end. His thoughts towards us are good and not of evil. And so our thoughts toward ourselves has to be good and not evil. And so with that, we have to do everything in our power to be our healthiest self. Right? Mentally, emotionally, physically, we have to be our healthiest self. And you cannot do that if you don't know what's wrong. How do you tell what's wrong? Well, if you started having heart palpitations, you would go to a cardiologist, right? If you kept having migraines and something was wrong and you thought that something was going on with your brain, you would go with, to a neurologist, right? Okay, well, if you know that something is going on in your mind and you are not thinking the way you think you should, you should probably go to a therapist or a counselor. And going to a therapist and a counselor has redefined what I deem as okay. Like when somebody asks you, well, how are you? I'm okay, right? Um, It is what I call in my book, Take Off the Mask, is okay-itis. We act like we're okay. We say when somebody asks, well, how are you doing? I'm okay. And you're not. If we can be honest, you're not. Now, some people that ask that question, they ask it only because it is a social cue of some of sorts. It is a social question that you ask to be polite. But it is 
when I ask that question, I ask with intentionality. How are you doing mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually? Because I want to know. I want to know if you are improving. I want to know if you are healthy. I want to know if you are thinking straight. I want to know if you know how to sort your emotions. I want to know if you need help so that you can reach out and we can help you. And I don't want anybody to feel bad for being there. And I had to push through. And I truly feel like I broke a wall um, in my friendship circles to talk about postpartum depression and to talk about when you go through things that you can't explain because you want to just be free. For most of it, we just want to be free. We want to go through a day without thinking negatively about ourselves. We want to go throughout a whole day without thinking that we're a bad parent or without thinking that we're not doing the best that we can. Or we're not thinking about, oh, I could have did this better. I could have did that better. Then you're staying up late at night thinking about how guilty you are for doing such and such or so and so or going to work or taking your baby to daycare or whatever the case may be. You don't have to feel bad for being the best that you can be. If it's formula or breast milk, if it is going to work or staying home, if it's going to therapy or you choosing not to, that is your choice. And as long as you are making sure that that baby is healthy and happy and your home is peaceful, that's between you, your spouse, and God. That's it. So I know that this was really like a real talk type of thing because I really want us to stop. Okay, before we start caring about what people that have never met us or people that have met us and just don't know us think, ask yourself, am I doing the best that I can, honestly? Yes. Am I being there for our children? Yes. Okay. Am I trying my best to be there for myself? Yes. Is God pleased? Yes. Then why are we caring about what other people think? Okay, and as a mom who has done both, you know, breast milk and infant formula, I understand. You just want what's best for your child. That's it. And that's all we can do is care about the children, care about our kids, care about what they need, what they want, right? I just want us to do better, man. I really do. I want us to be the best. I want us to stop shaming mothers uh, for simply trying our best, man. Um, I really pray for all of those who who's, you know, their lots of in their cartons of uh, infant formula for recall. I pray that there are no side effects for your children. And if there are, I pray for healing in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask that he heals, delivers, that he takes anything that is not healthy or nutritious or beneficial out of their bodies. I ask that God would just cover them, cover every child, whether they're hospitalized or not, and to strengthen every mother. At the sound of my voice, that God would strengthen them and empower them so that they can be all that God desires for them to be. Okay. I love you guys. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to my YouTube channel, as well as follow on all of the streaming platforms of this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. Okay. And remember, the only one stopping you is you.